It's the State of Gaming Podcast. That's right. It's the State of Gaming Podcast from your PopZara pals at PopZara.com. If you don't know what PopZara is, then you have no pee filters on your headsets. What's up, everybody? This is Nathan Evans, Managing Editor of PopZara.com, back once again for our, I don't know what you'd call it, special feature, special podcast thing. It's the thing we do when we're not doing the other things. It's the State of Gaming Podcast where we talk about video games. We're talking about everything that's going on. You probably already know it if you're hardcore, but you know what? Suck it up, Buttercup. And for that, we need PopZara's own senior games editor, Mr. Corey. I'm trying to think. How, I want to do this fun before I bring him on. Corey, quotation G, unquotation, Galahar. Gilahar. Jillyman. No, I'm just kidding. It's Mr. No, it's another than Mr. Corey Galahar. Corey, welcome back. Suffer like Suffer. <laughs> You know, I only bring that up. It's because... We're going to be talking about a game today where I haven't played it yet, but I've seen the videos. And for some reason, gaming humor takes jokes and they stretch it out. And they take I, something I, that's I'm funny. I'm looking at their list right now and I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. And, uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad I, I, thing. I'm shocked this is on the list. You know, we've, we've been in situations <laughs> where you have a serious discussion with me before the podcast. You're like, Corey, Corey, why? Why did what? you not talk about Trek to Yomi? And I'm like, because nobody else talked about Trek to Yomi. But I'm, I'm over here looking at this list and I'm like, wow, really? This game? You knew about – Well, I could see at least three. I'll but just I'm say like, this. I'll just say this because one of the stories we'll be talking about very briefly – so don't get anticipated. Look, if when I mention this, if you think we're going to talk about it for 20 minutes and we're going to get some enlightening view, don't do not do that. Just stop the podcast now and go live your life. But we will very, very briefly talk about the Video Game Awards. And only in reference to the fact that, you know, when video games come out, if there's an indie game made by one person in a basement and it's about a butterfly sitting on a flower... That will be somebody's favorite game ever. It'll be transcendent. It'll be changing their life. It's so much better than Call of Duty. You need to play there this butterfly a, game. There was no. a game back in the day <laughs> made by Tale of Tale Studios. They're a, they're an indie company that kind of got out of the business when their game, I think it was called Sunset, didn't sell, and they lost their minds on Twitter, and it was really embarrassing for all involved. Uh, point being, back in the day, they made a game called The Graveyard. And The Graveyard is a game where you played as an old woman and you walked around the graveyard and you looked at stuff. And this is back when the big thing in games was, you know, games that don't have any gameplay. That's art mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Um, but the I mentioned this because the cool thing about the graveyard is that it had a DLC microtransaction that you could purchase. And can you can you guess what the DLC microtransaction did? I truly, I truly cannot. Uh, if you bought the DLC for the graveyard by Tale of Tale Studios back in the day, the game where you played as an old lady who walked around the graveyard, <laughs> you unlocked the ability to die. You could sit on a bench and die. Really? But only if you had the DLC. Did, was this was this called Canadian DLC? I get ooh, topical. By the way, for anybody listening to the podcast, I tend to do my recordings from a mystical cave. And uh, <laughs> if you happen to hear any running water or grinding, uh, that's either a horrible monster or mystical springs. <laughs> Corey, Corey, we have editors in LA. Okay, we hear gunshots. So your little uh, sump, yeah, that's a, your that's little a sump pump. Point. Your little sump pump, okay, is nothing. No, I mean, hey, look, you got to get rid of the moisture. You got to direct that water flow. You yeah, know, I can't help it. I make everybody around me moist. Well, I mean, the truth is, I mean, you live in it. Look, here's a little PSA for Christmas time for all you people out there from your good pals. Uh, if you live in a basement, your basement's going to get wet at some point. It's going to happen. Please, this... I don't. I don't live in my mother's basement. It's my own basement, and it's only for recording. I call it a. We call it a studio. It has Please. its own TV. It has a bed. It has nachos. No, but um, just be careful with that. Just be careful. Keep your keep your electronics elevated. You know, just be careful because you don't want no. to, you, you want to keep you want to keep your stuff nice. You do. You want to keep your stuff nice. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, you know. If you think about it, there's another game involving a lot of wet, squishy noises, and it's the first one on our list this time. Uh, uh, we should we should say, uh, with the state of gaming, our usual format, which we will not deviate from, uh, is yeah. we talk about the biggest games of the month. That would be for December 2022, uh, the last month of the year. Big one. Um, we'll get out of the way. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Kwanzaa. Uh, what is it? Hanukkah, Ramadan, yeah, whatever, even, you whatever your know, thing like, is. You don't even know the greeting for Kwanzaa. You just say, happy holidays, Kwanzaa. Exactly. Like, whatever you celebrate, make it happy. Then we talk about our good friends over at the NPD, the National Purchase Diary. It's uh, pretty much the only metric we have for video game sales. So that's it. And then we talk about everything else. Let's start off with the biggest games of December for 2022. Let's do precisely that. So, hey, the first thing on our list here... 
our list, which again includes some stuff that I am frankly shocked to see, mm. uh, but I'm not shocked to see this. It is the Callisto Protocol, which is yeah. the newest game that is not Dead Space, but it's very much like Dead Space. Isn't it from the creator of Dead Space? I, so I think some of the creators of Dead Space were on it, yeah, but that's not as interesting as who else worked on it. Who else? Uh, would you believe the Callisto Protocol was actually funded by the guys who made Player Unknown's Battlegrounds? I read something that didn't it start off as a mod for this. Yeah, that's well, so not a mod. It was it might have been a mod, but the other thing is that originally it was going to be set in the same setting and share a plot, which I I didn't even know Player Unknown's Battlegrounds had a plot, but I guess it did, and this was going to be part of it. But it's not. It's not anymore. It is its own thing, and it's very much like Dead Space. Except it's about melee combat instead of shooting people's limbs off. You hit them with a crowbar or like a stun baton instead. And it's, well, it's, it's, you, know. you ever notice that there's that trend of developers? We've seen this a lot with Japanese developers. We talked about this before. The Mega Man guy, the Castlevania guy, whatever. They really don't want to work for the company that you know made them famous. They don't want to do Mega Man anymore. So they leave and they end up doing their own game and it ends up being ah, a Mega they, Man clone. They leave and they go and make bad Mega Man. Yeah, bad Mega Man. Or same with, uh, <laughs> same with Castlevania. Same with everything. It's like... Infinity Ward. I don't want to make this anymore. I'm going to make my own first-person World War II Call of Shooter. You know, Call of Shooter. Sorry. Call of Shooter. I never heard <laughs> of it. Call of Shooter. Sorry. <clears throat> I, I like it. We're going to stick with that one. Um, yeah. So the thing with the Callisto Protocol is unlike, say, for instance, that bad Mega Man game, this is not a bad Dead Space game. It's actually pretty solid. So what's going on? This is one of those things we hear all the time, and we're going to hear it right now. Uh, performance issues seem to be the, the bag on this thing. Well, as it tends to go, um, you'll get these people who, you know, people who are really hardcore into video games, spend a lot of money on PCs, complete worthless losers, am I right? Who would spend a lot on a PC? <laughs> I'm yeah. Um, no, so people who are like that will go ahead and buy the game on day one, and they will be shocked when, lo and behold, it runs like complete crap. And the reason we do that is because a lot of games will give you a, either like a day one or a week one patch that will fix a lot of your issues. And that's what happened here. Uh, Callisto Protocol Day came out, non-experience I would recommend having on PC. But these days, a couple weeks after the, after release, when it's got some patches, I think it's pretty good. Runs on pretty much any hardware. You gotta mess with some settings if you have to, but it looks good, plays good. It's wonderful. Meanwhile, on console, uh, I played a little bit on PS5 as well, and mm -hmm. I will point out that one, uh, the PS5's haptics are amazing, and. Uh, Probably the best thing happened to gaming in a while. I say it over and over again. Can you? Um, can you? Can you? But you can use the DualShock Five on PC, can't you? So you can, but I believe that if you want the haptic experience, you're gonna have to hook it up via a cable. And no. if you're trying to play in your living room, that's a pain in the butt. Yeah, this is, is not. This is not a Genesis Mini Two, people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the other thing about the console version is that, like a lot of console games these days, especially on the PS5, it has two modes. It's got a quality mode and a performance mode. And by default, it will launch in quality mode. And you're going to be sad when you see it because it runs at like 20 FPS. So I can't recommend that. Switch over to performance mode. It runs great. You're going to love it. You remember? You remember? I don't know if you remember because you bought a brand new OLED TV, right? You got a. I did. A, I, I got an S95B. Uh, I believe it's a Samsung. And I got that a couple weeks ago. The same day I bought it, I managed uh -huh. to uh, horribly injure myself on an air vent. So I got to spend like a week playing games on oh, and watching too. Oh darn! Oh darn! For those who actually still buy things in the stores, um, when you go and look at TVs on display, like at Best Buy or whatever, those TVs are tailored to look good for like 20 seconds like indeed if you uh in fact even on the tv that i got there's an option in the menu to make that happen that is an yeah. option that they turn on they used to call that retail mode and yeah, because what that. because what happens is they actually don't have a direct signal like with your playstation 5 like you mentioned the cord with um the controller but you need if you want your ps5 to look great on the oled tv because full disclosure you have one of the new 2.1 hdmi 2.1 tvs that takes advantage of the magic powers so you need a special cable you need all that stuff not the case in retail. They just pipe everything in through this big slush. So it's like a this really badly deteriorated signal. So the TV jumps in itself with some technology and spruces it up. It looks terrible. Like if you actually sit there and look at it, it looks terrible. But if you look at it for like 10 seconds, it doesn't look too bad. It tricks you into thinking it looks better than it does. And I think that's what the PlayStation 5 has been doing. And I think even the Xbox, it's been doing, uh, what do you call it, quality mode? Um, it looks good for a couple seconds until you actually start looking at it long-term and it deteriorates. Right. You know, you try to move around or anything like that. Quality yeah. mode will look good from a, you know, you're standing still, you're maybe walking around looking at stuff, playing the graveyard. 
Uh, but if you actually want to play a video game, you definitely want performance yeah. mode, and I would go so far as to say you always want that on any game that you play on these consoles. Speaking of which, speaking of slush, yeah. uh, the goal in the Callisto Protocol is to escape from space jail while you are fighting enemies that want to turn you into slush. Of course. And you dismember if, them, right? Just like Dead so, Space? Uh, not really. Not no. really. Not like Dead Space. Um, there's a little bit of dismemberment, but it's all automatic. No, the big focus here is on melee combat. So um, very early on, you get a big old two-handed stun baton. So he's got a big electric club that he smashes the zombies with. And um, a lot of your combat's based around that, because unlike Dead Space, and maybe it was only me who had this experience when I played through those games recently, but ammo is all over the place in Dead Space. Ammo and health is everywhere. Uh, that is not the case here. This you got to really conserve your resources, more of a Resident Evil type experience, and that means using melee combat a lot because you don't have many bullets. Well, uh, we all know the scariest thing about Dead Space wasn't the aliens or the chainsaws, right? It was the it was DLC. Dead Space Three. It was Dead Space Three. Although I will say this though, uh, that's not how I ended the franchise. I never bothered with Dead Space Three. I, I could see a sticker for the best. Um, I'll say this: if you ever want to get the Dead Space experience without having to do that crap, without the remake, Dead Space Extraction which is a game that was originally made for the Wii, but I think ported the, to the PlayStation the 3, which was excellent. It was amazing. And uh, that's, that's, my dead, that's my Dead Space highlight, by the way. Yeah, my friend was uh, sitting, with me, sitting with me while I was playing Callisto Protocol, and she's like, hey, so what was wrong with the third Dead Space game? And I'm like, <laughs> how long are we going to be here for? Well, uh, yeah, but Callisto Protocol, pretty solid game if you yeah. like Dead Space. Very short game. So uh, you I heard... would say that if you're if you're not really, you know, joking for some Dead Space right now, you maybe give it a month or two, let it drop to like 30 bucks, then you're in good shape. Well, like I said, survival horror games, uh, like I forget who said it, but survival the best survival horror game, <clears throat> Evil, Silent Hill, whatever, um, when you play through the first time, they feel like they take forever. But then right. when you play them again, you realize how short they are. When you know where to go, how to fight the monsters, yeah. when things are coming, it's true. This would, you know, I would say this took me about 10 hours the first time. Um, I would say the second time it's going to be like five. It's very, very short. Uh, speaking, however, of games that I was surprised to enjoy as much as I do, we're going to skip the second one on our list. I want to hold that one off till later because I think it's maybe the best thing to come out this mm -hmm. month. Um, we're going to talk about the third thing on our list instead, which is Need for Speed Unbound. Go figure. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. I, I'm a little shocked. I'm not, you know, usually we let Herman, our uh, tech writer, uh, he usually talks about these racing games more than I would. But, um, you know, I tried the demo of this on uh, Game Pass and EA Play. And later I was like, hey, you know, you want to maybe talk to me about getting a code and review for this because this is fantastic. So this is Need for Speed uh, given a whole new kind of stylish coat of paint. And that's really what sells me on it. Um, it's got this crazy kind of cell shaded jet set radio anime uh, kind of aesthetic to real it. Real quick, I was going to ask you about that. Do you remember that game called Auto Modelista? Uh, it was no one. That game has been forgotten. It was a Capcom. You know, I, game. I know the name, but I can't recall. Yeah, the name. it was a cell, cell shaded racing game from Capcom. It came out, I think, on Xbox, the original Xbox or PlayStation Two, or maybe I, I, forgive me. It's been. A, it's just a game that's been completely forgotten. Completely. Well, so. count me among the people who have forgotten it, but I'll look it up later for sure. Mm -hmm. And speaking of this game right here, this game is rock solid. If you like racing at all, and maybe even if you're just kind of iffy about racing like I am, I think you'll have a good time with it. It looks great, plays great, has a lot of really nice little aesthetic touches. Like uh, when you go off a big ramp jump, uh, your car will have these little graffiti wings drawn behind it as you fly through the air. It's, it's just super cool. Tons of stuff like that. Plus, it's got this ridiculous plot. You're trying to... Uh, avenge your mentor's garage being robbed and you're going to do it by racing and so on and so forth. It's like every other fast movie except uh, uh, except for the one where they go to space. You remember, uh, they, they act, people, speaking of forgotten, you remember they actually made a Need for Speed movie? They did. You're right. With, uh, I didn't with, see it, but they did. With Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Like, it's just, yeah, that happened. And, you know, speaking of Paul Walker... Speaking of Paul Walker, we'll get to mm -hmm. him very soon. We're going to go to the fourth thing in our list, which is another game in a long-running, very popular series. We have a couple of those coming up. Um, but this one is the newest game in the Dragon Quest franchise. Yeah, you're a big fan of these offshoots. So. Yeah, no, these are always rock-solid games. And today we're talking about Dragon Quest Treasures, which is actually the latest in the Dragon Quest Monsters series of kind of Pokemon clones. Why the name change, you think? Are... Um, so I think the biggest thing here is that this is no longer really a... F it's not really focused on the monsters anymore. I say Pokemon clone, but there's kind of secondary. This game's all about going and looking for treasures and collecting stuff and building a big old treasure vault where you can display things and making a bunch of money. It's basically my life. It's basically my life. 
But yeah, but money, not real money, though, like fake money. Yeah, fake money, imaginary money, kind of like what I make. And it's why I live in my mother's basement. Just kidding. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures, uh, third-person action RPG. Previously, these games were kind of like Pokemon clones. So they were turn-based. You collected monsters. You bred them together to make new monsters, so on and so forth. Uh, that's not the case anymore. Uh, you still collect monsters, but that's definitely secondary to having them help you look for goodies, for treasures, and making a bunch of money. Uh, you have a base that you eventually make so much money that you can't actually walk around without stepping on your giant, massive pile of coins. It's ridiculous. I'll tell you what, though. Um, I haven't played the game yet, but just looking at the trailers and screenshots, the art style is very fun. It's very Akira Toriyama-ish, which, yep. which, which I always thought was the highlight of the Dragon Quest games in general. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it looks, nice thing here it looks too, great. Yeah, the nice thing here, too, is that that more simple art style definitely does a lot for games like this because I'm, you know, there are certain games that have come out in the past few, 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 few weeks uh, that involve monster collecting, and they start with P&M within, and they don't run especially well on the Switch because the Switch is an old piece of crap console that was always kind of a piece of crap, and uh, now it's a piece of crap console that's almost a decade old. So this is know, where games run real yeah, But this is where I'm obligated to insert... Well, didn't you do a podcast about this very thing? About you know, that I did very... a podcast about yeah. this very thing with yeah. uh, one of the most amazing girl bosses I know, Nia Bothwell. Uh, we talked about that for a while, and it was really good, and you should listen to it. Uh, other games you should check out, Dragon Quest Treasures. I thought it was really fun. You should take a look, collect a bunch of money, get rich, die trying. Yeah, get rich. Well, you know, 50 Cent, he's been doing that his whole life, and he's he's getting there. He's doing it. He's making the dream happen. I'm pretty sure that man has a big treasure vault where he, where he walks around and just steps on the coins and it makes crunchy noises. It's great. Uh, other games that shocked me with how decent they were, the next one on our list. I was floored with how good this is. Um, now, I'm not much of a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, but I know you've seen most of them, right? Yeah, but that's the thing, though. I mean, you here's the thing. I can tell you're not a Marvel Cinematic Universe fanatic. I didn't say you're not a fan. I know you like some of the movies. But, right. But... There's a reason it's called the cinematic universe. It's because it's the movies and the and the Disney Plus shows. These right. games are not connected. Like they're different organisms. They come from a different universe. Right. So. They had the same kind of the same kind of Joss Whedon, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Feel. Oh, Josh, that's a uh, Josh Whedon has been uh, excised from the. Uh, the world of comic book okay movies. well i wouldn't yeah I, I don't really keep track of that stuff point being it's yeah. got the same kind of buffy firefly sort of writing we're talking about marvel's midnight suns by the way it is the newest marvel game uh maybe the second marvel game you've played in recent memory because also miles morales came out on pc and it's really good we're not talking about that they're talking about midnight suns midnight suns is a combination between a strategy RPG, kind of a visual novel sort of dating sim kind of thing if you can believe that mm -hmm. and a card game well, I want to say, though, for anybody who knows, uh, a lot of the Marvel games have been hit or miss because they've been done... Uh, I forget the company they do. I Square Enix published them, but I think um, that's been excised. This game's from... Is it Firaxis? Is that the developer? The, um, I would have to check who exactly did this one. But they're the ones who did XCOM. Uh, that's true. Oh, that is... Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I recall reading about that because, yeah, it is the same people who did XCOM. And that would explain why your combat is so shockingly strategic focused. <laughs> um, Shocking. Yeah, I, I was floored. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a stupid superhero game where you mash buttons and cause explosions. And yes, you do that, but you do it in a strategic kind of way. Like, let's say you got your superheroes fighting like 10 bad guys from a Hydra. Uh, that's a lot of dudes. Maybe you can't kill them if you don't use your brain. So you do use your brain. You throw them off the side of a building. You fling a crate at them. You drop a power line on them. You have Ghost Rider make a portal to hell and then push him into it. Uh, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's what Midnight Suns is all about. It's way better than it has any right to be. You know, that's come up every time I play this with people. I'm like, yeah, you know, they could have just made a Marvel game, and it could have been complete crap, and it would have sold because it's Marvel. They didn't have to make it this good. They did. It's wonderful. Yeah, people like it. I've heard good things about it. I might even try it. Like I said, I'm a big fan of the uh, XCOM series, and I it's on my list right after the Mario and Rabbids game that you raved about, which yep. is also kind of XCOM-y. So. Again, one of those games where they didn't really have to make such a decent game because it has Mario and the Rabbids in it, and yet they did. Um, I will say about Midnight Suns, one of my favorite YouTubers uh, reviews games, and his big thing about this one is, oh no, the writing is so terrible. They sound like they're from a teenage, uh, they sound like they're high schoolers and teenage cliques. And I'm like, dude, have you, have you seen a Marvel movie? Like what? Yeah, what <laughs> was they're that? not exactly Shakespeare. Who was complaining about that, or who commented about that? Was it Quentin Tarantino or somebody? He said basically they never grow up. They're always they're always in high school. Like, because they, they don't get to age. Oh, that was James Cameron. It was James Cameron, by the way. Speaking of uh, 
Speaking of Avatar Way of the Water. Way um, of the Water. Yeah, coming out tomorrow. I got my tickets. I don't know about you. So. Please look, I, you know, I, I don't have it yet, but the way of the water right now is the water flowing into my mother's basement, which is not where I live. <laughs> Check for Navi or Smurfs. Yeah, um, I'll take a look. Um, you know what I do want to check for? Hmm. I want to check for a pulse over a tiny build because they made another one of these games and I'm floored they did it because the last one was bad. The last one was so bad. They've made another one, but the last one was so bad. Because I am, of course. But it was popular. That, it was popular. Yeah, it was popular because it's basically streamer made. And the game I'm talking about is Hello Neighbor 2. I cannot mm-hmm. believe they made another one of these. Money. Um, let me tell you about Hello Neighbor 1. It's horrible. It's, it's bad. It's bad, bad, bad. Um, you basically play as a kid trying to sneak into your neighbor's house, and your neighbor's house is full of these weird contraptions, and you got to you know avoid the neighbor while you solve the puzzles and mess with the contraptions and open the doors and so on and so forth. And that sounds pretty cool, right? Like, we've played games like that. we played, like, Myst, and that's fine. So you're thinking, like, oh, it's a combination between, like, a an adventure game and, like, a stealth game. And you'd almost be right. You'd almost be right, except you're not right, because what it actually is is it's a game about stacking cardboard boxes to climb on them. That's all you do. That's all you do in Hello Neighbor, stack cardboard boxes and climb on them. And it's popular. Like you said, it has its, it had its, it has its fan base. Oh, um, yeah, no, it, it's so popular they actually made some spinoffs. They made a spinoff called uh, Secret Neighbor where uh, it's like a – asymmetrical multiplayer thing where one of you is secretly the neighbor pretending to be a kid and you're trying to catch other kids mm. and I've never played it. Maybe you stack corporate boxes. I don't know. Uh, they made a TV show. They made a TV show. A Hello Neighbor TV show. Which maybe it's about stacking boxes. I don't know. I haven't seen it. When is the last time you went to like Walmart and looked in the toy aisle? Like, or you've been to one of these places like a Hot Topic? Like, I don't know what it is. I think there's some sort of marketing team that finds really cheap IP, like really cheap, like really cheap, and licenses it and licenses it for, on you know, for pennies on the dollar because you get to see a lot of mobile games. You see a lot of these little, you know, I don't, would you call Hello Neighbor an indie game? Um, it's very hard to say at this point. I would say that yeah. by and large, the distingu- the, there's not really much to distinguish an indie game and a AAA game. Um, what I've always said and this is the biggest thing for me. It's a pet peeve. I'll tell right. people every day when it comes up. If you send me your marketing materials and one of your bullet points for why I should play your game is that one person made it, that just tells me you don't have much to say about your game. Yeah, when they say one person made it, I, because I, that's going to come up again on this list before we exit out. Sure like, is. It's, I don't know how true that is. Like it, it gives you the impression like it's some auteur theory that it's just one person banging away at the keyboard. Oh, it's just everything. the guy in his garage and he's working so hard. I'm like, okay, um, great. So when the game comes out and it sucks, who am I to blame? Like should he not have gotten some help, et cetera, et cetera? Well, you remember one game we talked about last month that actually turned out to be a pretty big thing? Um, it was the Atari 50th Anniversary Collection. Rock Solid, loved it. Yeah, Rock Solid. Um, who was the guy? Uh, let me see. I want to... Did you know that there was... William Gates. Bill Gates. Not William Gates. Uh, <laughs> no, but there's a developer. Uh, what was his name? I want to find you the name of him real quick. Um, Tim you... Schafer. Not Tim Schafer. Todd Fry. Todd so, Fry. Todd Fry was... Did You played the game, right? You played, watched the documentary? Yeah, of course. I, I played the whole thing. Yeah. He was the older guy, the fattish man who talked about yeah, taking that, drugs. Well, there were, there were many of those, but... <laughs> well, Todd Fry was the guy who was picked to do... He was the singular developer of Pac-Man on Atari 2600. Ah, oh, so he came up very early. I remember now. Yeah, he didn't want to because do that, it because that that port in particular was amazing. Apparently, for the time, for the time. Uh, no, it was considered atrocious for the time. And it's was actually, it? Yeah, I, it's, I know it sold a lot of Ataris. It, it sold a lot, but it's one of the most infamously bad games of all time. And you find out later that, um, yeah, that Todd Fry didn't want to do it. He wanted to do Defender, but the fact mm-hmm. is, he didn't want to do it. He didn't really like Pac-Man, and he did a well slop job. And eventually, there was a version of Miss Pac-Man that was a thousand times better. But it was one of the games that contributed to the, you know, the the infamous like burying of the the ETs and the packages out in the landfill, right? But you know what's funny? You know what's funny, Nathan Evans? Hmm. We have talked about all this stuff. I have not once said what I think of Hello Neighbor Two. You have, in a way, by not saying. Well, you well you about to say you know you know what I'm the point I'm trying to make here is I haven't played it yet. (laughs) Exactly. um, Well, it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's on it's on Game Pass. If you want to try it, you can try both that and the original. Can't recommend the original. Maybe this one is better. In the interest of not having to think about Hello Neighbor for another second, though, mm-hmm. we have the next game on our list, which is a good game, and it's actually shockingly good. Mm. Uh, we've had a lot of that lately. Uh, so they they remastered. Sla- and that's really more of a remake, really. They remade Crisis Core 
Final Fantasy VII. They call it Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion. They, you know, I feel about Christ. I feel about Final Fantasy VII now, and this is no indication of the <clears> game's <throat> quality. But I feel about Final Fantasy VII now the way I feel about Harry and Meghan. Overexposed. About the, the, the royals. Overexposed. Like, I, see. I like Final Fantasy VII. I enjoyed Final Fantasy VII. You and I both know I have some personal history with the game professionally. Oh, but sure. but that being said, um, move on. Like, like there's you so know, many Final Fantasy games that and, aren't you know, Final I Fantasy VII. I can understand. I can, I can see where you're coming from. There's a lot of Final Fantasy VII lately. But, but, but. Oh, nine. This... Nine was great. Nine was fantastic. It's been forgotten. Mm, eight. Not eight. No, not eight. eight. Not eight. Yes, eight. Eight and twelve. Do you remember when Castlevania came out and then Castlevania 2 came out and Castlevania 2 <clears> was the <throat> one that did like the whole Metroidvania thing and it was excoriated <clears> at the time and nobody liked it and it was considered a failure? And now it's considered to be like this now lost it's con- gem. Yeah, yeah, now it's considered because it was ahead of its time. And I think right. I think Final Fantasy VIII's probably like that. Like it didn't really care for it, but right. I don't know. I, I, I It's just, look, I get it. But didn't it start as a, what, what was the movie? Was it Advent Children? Uh, the movie was called Advent Children, yeah. yeah. Um, and that came out a long time ago. Man, that was like the early 2000s. And it was pretty good for what it was. You didn't get to see much of Red 13 because it's hard to render hair uh, back in the day. Back uh, the point day. being, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, Crisis Core was a pretty good game. Problem was it was trapped in the PlayStation Portable, the mm-hmm. PSP. Was it? And uh, I think Advent Children was too, wasn't it? Like, no, 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 yeah, no, no. You could, well, you could go see it in theaters, in fact. Could you? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but... I mean, obviously, trapped in the PSP, number one, PSPs die. Their batteries explode. Uh, so that's going to be a problem. Two, you could emulate it, but that, you know, that's scummy. Who would emulate anything? Who would have a hard drive full of emulators and ROMs? Not me. I don't want my mother's boyfriend. Uh, so what we did here is we took Crisis Core and we brought it to modern platforms. And that's cool, first off. Second off, we made the graphics really good. It looks great. It looks great. It runs great. plays great. Uh, we revamped the gameplay. Used to be back in the day, this game is really focused on a slot machine system where when you're fighting, a slot machine runs in the core of the screen, and you know if it hits triple whatever, you do a limit break. But it used to be, you know, you just do it automatically whenever it felt like, and you wasted. Uh, we made it. You can save that kind of stuff. It's full of quality of life stuff like that. It's delightful. This game is rock solid. Check it out. Take a look. We're gonna review it soon. It's on a lot of things. It's, I'm surprised to see it on the Switch. Like usually with these. Um... These new remakes, they usually leave that system behind, but they, they didn't leave it behind now. <clears throat> no, no. And, you know, unlike a lot of games that end up also on the Switch, I don't feel like Crisis Core really takes a graphical hit on other platforms to make it usable on the Switch, which is rare. And mm-hmm. it's good that it didn't happen here. Yeah, it's it, it. Look, you and I mention this a lot. We don't mention the Switch a lot because we're necessarily like in love or we hate the machine. It's just that because the Switch is so popular its popularity sometimes dictates the quality of a game being made on other platforms. You know this. like um, Yeah, yeah. We talk about this quite a bit. I think the yeah. most recent game that we talked about where this was a real issue was Harvestella. Harvestella. Um, and then there's... Um, was, yeah. And we didn't really talk about it last month, but it came out like, uh, for example, Sonic Frontiers, a game that sold really well too, which we'll talk about, um, yep. is, is it's not very good on the Switch. And it's one of those cases where the parody is, is wider than you'd expect. And so it, it does happen sometimes. Speaking of parody, hmm. the next game we're going to talk about is the last in our list of the really big ones, the hmm. last heavy hitting game of the month, and maybe my favorite game I played this month. I have uh, which, no idea what you could be talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, I hate to you know kind of out myself by saying it, but hmm. I do like Rick and Morty. I think it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And um, they made a Rick and Morty video game. Essentially, it's not really a Rick and Morty game. It's just about the guy who makes Rick and Morty, and it's got the same humor and feels just like it. It's called High on Life. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's uh this one's this one's weird. I saw, I told you I saw a a headline, I don't know if it was tongue in cheek, said that the game's already been patched to make it less annoying. But um I don't think if you like Rick and Morty you find the game annoying. It'd be probably yeah, it's probably no, what you I mean, came for. You know, this reminds me of back in the day, a game called Agents of Mayhem came out, and since then a game called Saints Row came out, which you reviewed too. And it really strikes me, and I'm gonna talk about this in our review high on life, and I'm gonna you know mention it here too. Um I don't think your average video game journalist is the kind of person you want to talk to about what's funny, because I don't think they know. Um, and even if they do know, they probably only know what's funny for them. And I say this despite being myself a video game journalist. 
Um, because half the time I read these reviews on High on Life, and they really just seem like they're trying to get the game back for being the Rick and Morty game. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not funny, and also, also I don't like the gameplay. It's um, yeah, the gameplay's it, fine. It, it plays like kind of store brand Metroid Prime. It, it's pretty good. Well, I, I read somewhere that someone compared it to um, uh, what was the show with David Hasselhoff with a car, uh, Knight Rider. Knight Rider, yeah, because yeah. your guns talk to you. Yeah, guns they, talk, they talk to you. They talk to you a lot, a lot, lot. Like they, he, they talk all the damn time. Like, that's actually kind of a good setup for a first-person shooter, if you think about it. Like, it's it's a, it's it's fairly original, if you think. I mean, and, it would, and it would be a problem in previous generations where maybe, you know, you have these talking guns and they repeat their lines over and over again. That's not the case here. This is like, they have unique quotes for every situation, and you have multiple guns, and they all have unique quotes. So... Based on whatever weapon you're using, you're gonna hear different stuff. It's pretty. It, it's it's funny. It's it's a lot of fun. It's enjoyable. Um, the combat feels fine. Like I said, I I think my closest comparison in terms of what it feels like is Metroid Prime. Um, I've seen reviews be like, oh, the boss fights are terrible. They're all you do is shoot and jump. And I'm like, that's basically what you did during Metroid Prime boss fights, and those are fine. So what's the problem? Um, along with that, though, something got to be said for a lot of the, the care and love put into this game. And I, I, mm-hmm. it's weird that I'm saying that about the Rick and Morty game, but it's true. Um, there are four full-length feature films, <laughs> hour and a half long. You can sit in a movie theater and watch them with full commentary tracks. Oh, what, but are they Rick and Morty? Are they original? Oh, no, no. They're, uh, they're old B-horror movies from oh, back okay. in the day. Like Demon Wind from Wait 1990. Wait a minute. So it's, like, so it's like Mystery Science Theater? Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. I think it's the people from Red Letter Media who are doing it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, the Demon Wind from 1990. Um, the other one I know about is Tammy and the Teenage T-Rex from 94. Uh, there's a couple Wait more. Wait a minute, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole, that's, the uh, whole film that's in the game. Like, there's actually, who's in that one? Um, uh, Paul Walker. Paul Walker, yeah. It's this one where his brain gets put into a T-Rex. That is correct. Yeah, that whole film is in High on Life. You can from, sit and watch it. There's commentary. From the director of Mac and Me. Yep, like the whole that I I know this movie really well. Like this is the movie where they had an animatronic T Rex and they didn't know what to do with it. They said, "Let's make a movie." Yeah, let's make a movie about Paul Walker being killed by lions, and <laughs> to save his life, we will put his brain in an animatronic T Rex, and that's what they did. Um, I'll say this about Rick and Morty, a show I have never, I've only, I only have like a passing resemblance to, um, but I'll say this: uh, people like it. And people like it a lot. And I remember I saw the clip where they actually had Christopher Lloyd play the character himself. Did you see that in live action? Yes. So people like this. Like, we talk about this with Call of Duty. We talk about this with Sonic. We talk about this forever. If something's really bad and stinky, it doesn't last this long. It just doesn't. That's that's what I tell people every time. If something is popular, it became popular for a reason. You're not really enriching yourself by avoiding something just because a lot of people like it. And people are like, oh, the fan base is terrible. And I'm like, yes, the fan base is terrible, but they mostly leave you alone and just enjoy their show. You could go watch their show. Maybe you'll like it. Point being, High on Life is a really decent game. And even if it weren't a really decent game, it's on Game Pass. You should have Game Pass. Game free. Go play it. Is it on PS Plus as well or just Game Pass? Uh, I'm not sure. I've been playing it on Game Pass. so Yeah, that is what it is. So, yeah. Um, there are a few other games in this list. I'll talk about the one that I'm mostly familiar with, which is Samurai Maiden. <laughs> it's not great. Um, it is the latest game in essentially what you would call the Booby Ninja series of games. You're saying uh, it's not it's, great? Heresy. You know, it, it's interesting with these games. They're obviously not really made to be like gameplay fo- focus experiences, but there are some that are actually more playable than others. And I know because I play them all because I like the, the like the articles. Um, this one is closest in terms of gameplay and feel to a game called Valkyrie Drive Bikuni. And that came out uh, years ago, and it sucked. And uh, this one's also not very good. Uh, so you, unless you're into this kind of game, you probably shouldn't play it. It's about a girl who gets sucked into the Sengoku era, and she wears really questionable clothing. And she teams up with other women wearing questionable clothing, and they fight generic monsters, and mm-hmm. Nobunaga's there, and he's super hot. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. And yeah. that's the game. And it, for, it's got combat. For it's some really... What's that? Yeah, but for somebody that's like for somebody out there, not me, maybe not you, maybe not anyone you know or anyone who knows who knows who them, mm-hmm. th- they've been waiting for this. 
Hey, you know, maybe maybe the Samurai Maiden has been somebody's hope and dream for years, and here it is now. And it's maybe they're just like, hey, this combat is stiff, and it doesn't feel good to play, and it's kind of grindy, and you keep fighting the same monsters over and over again, but by God, yeah. this plot. And also look at how hot Nobunaga is. I just want to smell his musk. And maybe that's what they feel. <laughs> it, and I, I can't judge them for that. Uh, you've also got a game called Akka on here, which, uh, you know... It is rare when you make me Google the name of a game for well, the pod. I'm gonna look at it right now. I'm when I saw this game, game, when I saw this game, I, at first I thought I was looking at Tunic. Remember? It does. It looks just like Tunic. Look it at looks, that. It looks exactly like Tunic. I thought, oh, is this from the makers of Tunic? No, this looks like it's a not Tunic. <laughs> well, it says here. It says here, find inner peace in a small open world game. On these carefully handcrafted islands, you can take a nap on a giant monster, feed baby dragons, take care of the fauna and flora, but demons from your past might come back to remind you of what you want to forget. And it's got these cute-looking characters, and it's got mixed reviews on Steam, and the mixed reviews say that uh, it's not very polished, and it's clunky, and the controls are rough, and it crashes a bunch. The uh, I saw that, too. The only reason I brought it up is because, again, I think if you look at a screenshot, it looks like Tudic. For, it does. Like, it passively, like passively like Tunic. Until you look and, very closely, then it doesn't look like Tunic. So. Indeed. And it was published by NeoWiz. And uh, mm-hmm. NeoWiz publishes some pretty good stuff. They made Dandy Ace last year, and that was rock solid. Very, very good Hades clone kind of game. They made Blade Assault this year. Rock solid, very good Skull the Hero Slayer clone. So they make good games, and I think this one's also going to be good if it has a little bit of time to mature. But I can't really speak too much to it because I haven't played it. I'm watching the watching the little stream on Steam right now. They got a VTuber and and she's playing it and sailing around on a boat, and it mm-hmm. looks like Tunic. Um, you yep. could just go play Tunic. Tunic's a lot of fun. And I I think Tunic's on most of the streaming services too. So it is. Yeah, you can get Tunic on Game Pass, and yeah. it's free. You should have Game Pass, so it's free. Yeah, go check it out. Uh, finally. Finally, we have this. <laughs> Once again, when I when I think about you and I talking about games, um, you know, we were in this weird situations where you you excoriated me at one point for not going into Trek to Yomi enough, and I'm like, I don't know that anybody on this planet other than me played Trek to Yomi, and I didn't even enjoy it that much. Anyway, point thing, we're not talking about Trek to Yomi. We're talking about this game that you should know about. Uh, it's called Choo Choo Charles. Yeah. This is one of those made by one person games we talked about, by the way. Yeah, yeah, what well, Choo Choo Charles. <laughs> um, so let me, let me try to explain this one for you viewers who have not heard of Choo Choo Charles. Um, <laughs> so you heard of Thomas the Tank Engine, right? He's he's got a face and he's a train and he has wholesome adventures and he helps you. He he helps your kids learn about not doing drugs or whatever. But I guess it didn't work on this developer because he made a game where where Thomas the Tank Engine is a spider monster, <laughs> a spider monster train, and he chases you around and he tries to kill you. And I don't know how you know about this game, but I guess you did, question mark. And here it is, Choo Choo Charles. You can get it for 20 bucks on Steam, and it's got some survival elements. You can play it in multiplayer, and you got to fight evil Thomas the Tank Engine. And I, we made a game about that. I'll say this, though. like Steam Deck verified. I'll say this, though. A couple things. Um, can't attest to the quality of Choo Choo Charles, but... but um, you got to say something. First of all, the tools to make a game must be getting must be getting uh, more readily available. Must be getting easier and easier because this is not a terrible looking game by any yeah, stretch. Yeah, the, the graphics are actually shockingly decent, and and yeah. the the Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> spider creature is pretty creepy looking. Actually, yeah. it's actually it's actually a very good design. It's actually really original, and um, the concept is actually pretty original. So I mean, this if if you want to play something that's not what you're expecting then i think this is an option uh, i'm not mocking it whatsoever in fact if anything but i can't really recommend it i haven't played it but uh yeah choo choo charles choo choo charles very positive on steam uh, if you have a steam deck it's verified you could get mm-hmm. it for 20 bucks please enjoy there you go. um one last thing that i think is very important to talk about uh there's a game, a little a little minor indie game, uh, nobody knows about it much, came out earlier this year. It's called Vampire Survivors. Yeah, that's a, this has been a big thing. Like, uh, isn't it coming to mobile? Is that what the news is? No, no. The news no. is that today, immediately before we started our podcast, Vampire Survivors had its first DLC release. Now, Vampire Survivors is one of those things that's becoming, like I said, a phenomenon. Like it very Vampire slow- Survivors is basically becoming its own genre. Yeah, just aim and, aim and shoot. Right. Um, not even aim. Not even aim. Not like even you aim. just, you just aim for you. Yeah, um, exactly. It's a very, uh, very 
crunchy, bite-sized, gameplay-focused sort of game where you are essentially the boss of a bullet hell shooter. Uh, Reddit has taken to calling these games bullet heaven games, and I don't think we should call them that because Reddit's awful. Uh, but that's probably what they're going to be called, so it's a bullet heaven game. Um, okay. This new DLC is called Legacy of the Moon Spell, and you're thinking to yourself, oh no, it's DLC, i got to pay more for this game I already bought. Well, first off, Vampire Survivors is a $3 game. Well, it's on Game Pass too, right? So... Yeah, it is. It's on Game Pass. Now. I don't think the DLC is. But three bucks uh, is it, fair. That's fair. Well, I think it's five bucks now. They've actually uh. made it five bucks. Oh no! Um, I currently have sixty hours in Vampire Survivor, so I think it's a worthwhile use <laughs> of your time. Uh, the new DLC is a dollar seventy nine right now if you own Vampire Survivor. So you might want to take a look. It adds a bunch of stuff: new map, new characters, new weapons. You know, you, you gotta jostle the memory when I was when I worked in the industry years and years and years and years and years ago, back when we had to define genres. I remember, do you remember the game, um, was it Carmageddon? Like, remember those uh, combat games, like, uh, not Twisted Metal, but, like, what was the other one? Demolition Derby? Uh, Carmageddon, Quarantine, yeah. Demolition Derby, yeah. And I remember my editor-in-chief, I won't say his name, uh, wanted to define that genre. Wait, Voldemort. His name was Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort. Um, well, like Voldemort, he's dead now, so. But, um, <laughs> it's true. But, um, sorry, <laughs> it's died. true. Hilarious. It's, no, I just don't want to say who he is. But um, he was really keen on defining a genre because this is back when you got we defined things like action RPG, JRPG. So his sure. his big thing, as he insisted on it, was called. I, I might be revealing who I uh, who he is, but he wanted to call him Karam Up, like shoot him up. Karam Up, Karam Up, like shoot him up. Just, that just doesn't really roll off the tongue. I don't know if I like it. No, it didn't. It didn't stick. So yeah, I can't imagine. So starting something is hard. Like starting, starting a genre, something is hard. Yeah. But uh, so you'll you'll know when the vampire survivors trend is starting to die off when all the AAA companies make them and they make too many and the it's saturated and it dies off forever. Cough cough. You know what's card funny? Card games, auto chess. Cough cough. Mobas. I will say this: people forget the single most popular game of the last like ten years was started off as a one man indie game and that was Minecraft. So, like, anything could happen. Anything could happen. This could be a Flappy Bird situation. Remember Flappy Bird? Where Flappy Bird. You gotta, you gotta spend a few thousand dollars on an iPhone that still has it installed. Yeah. But remember, like, but Flappy Bird became a huge phenomenon where the guy just quit. Just, I can't take it anymore. Just quit. You and know, so... You know, Nate, I want to point out one important thing about a lot of the games we've talked about today. Huh. We talk about how the industry is this horrible capitalist monstrosity. It's so corrupt. you got to spend all your money, and they're going to nickel and dime you and make you buy loot boxes and mm -hmm. DLC. How many times How many times today have we said, hey, this is on Game Pass. You can just go play it for free? Well, if you subscribe. Like, like I just want to be clear. Like, I, I don't... I don't subscribe to this idea of like changing the word free. <laughs> like you're paying for a service. Yeah, but... you're paying for a service that gives you such an immense amount yeah. of value that it might as well be free. Like, yeah, yeah, Nate, I might live in my mother's basement, but that doesn't mean I'm homeless. Here's the thing. I love capitalism. I'm a big fan of it. I, I, I'm a big fan that the sweat of your labors should provide. And, sure. and But I also believe in competition. And I believe that if... Activision, the world's biggest third, you know, biggest publisher, saw the wisdom of doing vampire, the vampire game first. They would have done it, but they didn't because they're too busy making Call of Duty and all that other stuff. So this is how it works, people. And you know, I, I just got one question for you. Speaking of this exact thing, hmm. uh, is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? Well, let me put it this way. Um, no, no, says the man in Washington. It belongs to the poor. <laughs> let me put it this way. Um, if you're a big fan of communism, if you're a big fan of Karl Marx and everything, go look up the man's personal life and you realize he was a train wreck. So this is not a man like, who should what, be But a, was it a train I mean, with, like, spooky spider legs? If Look, if I was really Marxian, I'd have some diatribe about how a train track could only exist by the, the, the labor of those laying the track. But no, I'm not like that at all. Just get an Uber. Get an Uber where you need to go. Get a latte. Uber. A mocha latte. Someone's getting paid. You know what's an uber good idea is moving on to these yes. numbers. These numbers. Yes, yes. this will, this will be numbers. This will be interesting. So uh, NPDR first and pretty much only look at what's sh moving and shaking at retail shelves, both physical and uh, digital across the country for the month of November, which is traditionally the biggest month of the year. That's sort of uh, lessened somewhat. Recently. combination of the holidays coming up, everybody kind of getting inside because it's cold, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're shaking things up a little bit. But, Strong but hardware. Good news, 
But good news. Good news all around. Uh, everything's up 3%. I think it's $6.2 billion as opposed yep. to like $6.1 billion. So uh, what was it? Switch and PlayStation 5 basically. But see, I'm getting everything. all hot and bothered about this strong hoarder performance coming from a, a strong man named Matt Piscatella. Ah, good friend. Uh, full disclosure, been on this podcast several times. Maybe will again. Uh, but yep. he's, you know, he's, he's enjoying his, his newfound success, buoyed by his appearance here. Indeed, but, um, he, well, I'm not going to say we made him what he is, but we made him what he is. Come on, Matt. We're some sexy <laughs> money. Um, but, um, so he says here, strong hardware performance thanks to a significant increase. And this is going to blow all your minds. Would you believe the PS5 is doing better because you can actually buy them now? Yeah, shocking. You put something yeah. that people want in front of them, they'll buy it. Like that's – yeah, that's – I call that the Steve Jobs effect, by the way. Just um, amazing. Yeah. If people want it, they buy it. They don't, they won't. And they want it. But, um, Capitalism. Who no says the man in the Vatican. It belongs to God. But I'll, I'll say this before we head on to the top 20 software. Um, it's interesting, though, because I think what you're doing is because you've been you've been following this uh, Microsoft FCC thing about their acquisition of Activision. I have. Um, Vaguely. It's like, boring. It's boring, but it's also interesting because if you look at what's happening, like there's all these promises. Oh, we're going to bring Call of Duty to the Switch. And then, but people forget, like Activision didn't bring it to the Switch. Like Microsoft said they would. Like yep. they're trying to be Microsoft trying to prove they're being anti-competitive by actually introducing competitiveness, and that's not good enough. So I don't know what's going on, but I know that it's funny because you have PlayStation games coming to the play, the PC more and more. You have Nintendo games sort of entrenching themselves on Nintendo platforms. It 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 in some ways it feels like this is the last generation of dedicated consoles for a lot of companies. You know, we say that we say that every generation. We said it for the PS3. We said it for the PS4. I I will believe that when I see it. But things well, that I will believe. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, it is about the games, not about the hardware. The games. That's what I was yeah. going with this. Mm-hmm. So what do we? So we what we do is we look at the top twenty best-selling games according to NPD. We start at the bottom. We work our way up. So where are we starting? We're starting at the bottom, working our way up. That's First true. game. Number 20, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Good game for the Switch. Number 19, Horizon 2 Forbidden West. It is not called Horizon 2 in PD. <laughs> it's just called Horizon Forbidden West. But it's pretty good, too. It's got the kind of open-world Genshin impact and Breath of the Wild sort of experience <laughs> that you know and love. Well, what's interesting is that the original uh, Horizon came out the same with the same like breath. The, the same day, and that was, a, that was a mistake. And here we are, like, what, almost six years later, and... Breath of the Wild is still competing with the sequel to that game. It's crazy. And I'm sure it will still be competing with the third one. That comes out, too. Number 18 is a game we talked about earlier, Minecraft. Build mm-hmm. some stuff out of blocks. Number 17, Tactics Ogre Reborn. I reviewed yeah. this for two sites. I reviewed this for PopZara and for ThePixels.com. And I said the same thing on both of them, which is that it's a good remake of a classic RPG. But I will say it had a unique mechanic that kind of it, – it's a good thing and a bad thing. It has a level cap. Um you are level capped based on your story progress. So they're pretty much every battle is a challenge, which you might like it. I liked it. I thought it was cool that I had to use my brain. You might not like it. You might be like, I'd rather just grind my way through things. And for you, Disguise Seven's coming out pretty soon. So please look forward to that. Hmm. Number 16, NHL 23. It's a hockey game. Number 15 is Persona 5. That is not here because Persona 5 is new. It is here because Persona Royals, 5 right? Royal, which is also not new. And it's on Game it's, Pass as well. It is on Game Pass. So yeah. Another reason you should get Game Pass, which was technically not free, but come on, yeah. guys. You're paying pennies for hours. I'll say and this. Hours okay, hours. okay, I'll say this. It's not free, and if you're really, really clever, you can get it almost free if you know how to shop. There you go. That is also true, but either way, you know, I don't go... If you are at the point where you have to consider the monthly price of a month of Game Pass... In terms of your total budget and it's causing you problems, you shouldn't be playing video games anyway. You should be working for me. I pay really well. Uh, Persona 5 is on this list because Persona 5 Royal is out on PC now. And it's mm-hmm. on Game Pass. And it's a really great port. You should check it out. Uh, 14 is Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Did you think we'd see this on the list for two months in a row? No, but you know what, though? It's, and, and the commentary will always be the same is that the Switch seems to have a magic button that makes things sell. And that continues with anything with Mario in the title. And that is absolutely true. And we can see that showing up in Mario Kart 8 on number 13. And we can also see it at 12. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons came out the same day as Doom Eternal. We're going to talk about weird games that came out the same day as each other. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, probably, you know, I, back in the day, I would have said it was a better game than Doom Eternal. Oh. These days, I'm not so sure. Doom Eternal really grows on you. I'll say this. Um, I think Mario Kart 8 just received some new DLC this month. It did. There's new tracks. Yeah, so there you go. 
So if you're into that, you can pick it up and race on some new tracks. Uh, games you could also pick up and play. Elden Ring. Uh, game of the year from many sites that say things like, oh, this game has little narrative dissonance, and use big words like that. They think it was game of the year. They, um, uh, for they, the first uh, time ever. Well, I was going to say, agree. I was going to say, though, from software, they just announced a new Armored Core. Did you see that? They did. It's uh, Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. <laughs> They're I, taking their... Uh, what's that? I love that they had to put out a disclaimer that it won't be a Souls game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like... Um, it, it, you know, they're taking their Elden Ring and their Souls money. They're they're revisiting. Old Although franchises. it would be funny though seeing a robotic like build your own mecha sim play like a play like a you Souls know, game. Uh, you know, Nathan Evans, I will be impressed with From Software's big reveals of bringing back old franchises. And they make Otogi Three. Look it up. I would like to see Kingsfield come back. By the way, Kingsfield would be nice too. I mean, it's basically Kingsfield is basically Souls, but. Yeah. Like, that's it's true. That's true. Uh, so number ten is Mario Party Superstars. Number nine is Miles Morales, which is here because it's on PC now. It's a really good port. Um, I would say that every port I have played of a oh. Sony game has been good. Gotta say this. Um, so somebody pointed this out. So did you see the new trailer for the new Spider-Man Spider-Verse movie? I did not. I did see that it existed though. Um, now you got that new LED TV, and for those who don't yep. know, um, one of the best movies to test your TV with is the first Spider-Verse movie. Um, if you can get it on 4K Blu-ray, get it. It is gorgeous. It is one of the best-looking testers I've ever seen. It's got every color. It's got everything. But I on tested the... mine with uh, John Wick. John Wick's good, too. Um, they're very colorful, especially the mirror scene. Like, yep. anything that has... Because you need to test something with really inky blacks. Like, really, really inky blacks. And something with really, really dark reds. But I'll say this. On the new Spider-Verse, guess who they put in? They put the PlayStation Spider-Man in there. Really? Yeah, he's he's one of the multiverse nows. That uh, is pretty fantastic. Yeah. And, of course, Miles Absolutely. Morales is a hero, so there you go. Oh, of course, naturally, yeah. Speaking of heroes, uh, number eight is Gotham Knights, which, you know, I've played it. Um, it's, it's, it's a video game. It's... You, know, you know what's funny about this? Um, so this is the game, I guess I could say it now because you can't erase it. Uh, no spoiler. Some Someone doesn't, someone's not alive in this game. Can I say that? Mm, they killed Batman. Oh, oops. Well. Uh, have you been following the DC stuff at all? I'm not a huge comic book fan at all. But yeah, I have not. They no. are they are firing everybody. They canceled. Oh, the no. Wonder, yeah, no more. The Wonder Woman franchise is dead. Peter, uh, no Henry, more heroes. Henry Cavill, aka the gaming's biggest hunk. I did hear about that. Yeah, I, he seems like a nice guy, but you know, I mean, it's time to move on. He was the Witcher. He was Superman. He's probably going to be James Bond. So there you go. But um, yeah, there. Who knows what the hell's going on over there? So we could see anything. So. Indeed. But yeah, uh, number eight is Gotham Knights. Uh, mm -hmm. Batman is dead. You play as his protégés. It's kind of like uh, Arkham Knight, but not as good. Um, I, I got to be real. I'm not a big fan of this game. I don't think it's good at all. Um, but it's here because it's DC and people like Batman, even though Batman is dead. Uh, you get to play as Robin. He's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I can consider that Yay. if you like. Yeah, yeah. Robin laid an egg. Um, NBA 2K23, FIFA 23, NFL 23, and Order Sports Games. Four is Sonic Frontiers, surprising nobody. Uh, surprising many people is the fact this game is great. This is a I, really good game. I would like to see how this broke down. I would. I would like to see the console, because it's probably so, it's definitely console first versus PC. Oh, you're talking about like where it's sold. Okay, yeah. so I was going to say, this game is actually made from scraps of other attempts at making Sonic oh, yeah. games. It's kind of pieced it together. Like, I have not played the game yet. I'm, I'm holding off on it right now. But it's just, I would like to, because I mentioned before the Switch version, from from what I see, isn't doesn't run as well. But this is, I mean, this has been a franchise that's primarily, like, come to, back to life on Nintendo consoles. And I, I just would like to see a console breakdown. I don't think I'm going to see it, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming up from that is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, surprising nobody. I think it's one of the best, if not the best, entry in the franchise mm. in terms of sales. Um, it runs like crap, but it's really fun. You should <laughs> well, play it anyway. And we'll, I'll put a link to the podcast you and Nia did. But um, Yeah, Nia and I talked about it, and uh, we had a great yeah. time. We talked like All our details are in that one, but uh, just to summarize, if you were a busy, busy man slash woman slash whatever – um, good game, really hobbled by being on the Switch, but it's good enough to get through it. Which is interesting because you never hear those words with Nintendo publicate Nintendo published game. Like, oh, it's it's yep. technical. You know, I mean, never hear that. It's quite the you usually hear the opposite. But right. um, quick thing about this game and the next game on the list, which we'll talk about. Um, both companies put out press releases. Both this game, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and the next game on the list are both their respective publishers' fastest selling games of all time. Like, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet sold 10 million copies in three days. 
yep. fastest selling Nintendo game of all time. Like nothing comes close. And so, but let's go on to the next game because I have a similar pronouncement for that. So the next game is actually one of the first ones I played on that new OLED TV, and it was mm-hmm. one of the better options to do, uh, to mm-hmm. really see it in action, actually. Uh, God of War Ragnarok, which takes advantage of every ridiculous graphical trick the PS5 can do with a nice screen, and it looks mm-hmm. amazing. And, uh, yeah, so like I was saying, Sony's fastest-selling first-party game of all time. Uh, I will say this. I haven't played the PS5 version yet because I don't have access to my PS5 right now or the PS4. But um, our good friends Digital Foundry did some video comparisons of these things. Have you seen it? Like, they did a miracle on the PS4 as well. I've not seen that. I'll take a look. Yeah, and, like, here's the thing I was going to ask you. Uh, The PlayStation 5 is selling better, of course, and this game obviously sold really well. Um, I would like to see the breakdown of the PS5 versus the PS4 version because I have a sneaking suspicion this game may have sold better on the PS4. Entirely possible, just because the PS4 remains a little yeah. bit more available. A lot more available, actually. Oh, and, uh, and finally, of course, Modern Warfare 2 is still on top, and will be there for a long time to come. Until the next... Well, actually, I was going to say, maybe even with the next one. That's how they usually, oh, usually go. Wholly possible. The next one comes out, and this remains up there for a few months, and the other one overtakes it. And that's uh, that's our numbers. That's, but... a, that's a good selection. Like, like the, I'll it say is. this. It it's, is. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of variety on this stuff. Like You have JRPGs. You have, you know... Everything. The only thing you don't have is like a fighting game. But that's yeah, but that's it. coming soon. We got Street Fighter Six and Tekken Eight, and uh, the Rumblefish Two got a port mm. last week. Nobody's yeah. playing that. They should. Yeah. It's a good game. Is it good? Is it good? Because I was going to say I, mean, I, I, I almost put it on the is, list. The port is not good, uh, from what I've heard. But the game itself is great. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of everything else, uh, this is our usually our final section where we just wrap it up and we say what else is going on in the month uh, for December twenty twenty two. So uh, I kind of te- we you and I kind of talked about it before the podcast, but I do want to make a, a statement about it. Um, so what we got first? Uh, first thing on the list is that you can play Am- uh, Ubisoft games that you own on the Amazon Luna, which you probably don't own. Well, here's the thing. So uh, we talked about Stadia, we talked about GeForce Now, we talked about streaming. Uh, you and I are not big fans of it, but it's coming, and different companies do it better than others. I don't know. Did we talk about this last month where they're going to start putting the Xbox Game Pass thing on TVs? We did talk um, about that. And in fact, in fact, my new TV has that. Here's the thing. I don't hate streaming at all. I just that different companies do it differently. But I'll say this. I've always liked Luna the best. Uh, I always felt my experience with Luna was always the best. Now, of course, your experience will vary depending on if you have a landline, Wi-Fi, whatever. Uh, If you're going to do streaming, don't do don't do Wi-Fi. It's just not optimal. Um, The Switch has streaming games that are awful beyond belief. Avoid them at all costs. Um, The Microsoft one is not my favorite, although it's the most populated and probably easy to get. Uh, Stadia wasn't too bad, but it was run by Google, who does not know how to run anything that's not email or documents. I I still miss Google Reader. I still miss it. Well, if you love something a lot, they'll take it away. Yeah, exactly. It's a desire sensor. Just don't like things, and they'll keep them around. Um, um, so along with the streaming stuff, though, we definitely have a list here of cool stuff from the Game Awards, which, if you recall, well, used to be a vehicle to sell you Doritos and Mountain Dew. Well, we mentioned we mentioned the Game Awards a little bit. Um, we did. But do, I just want to finish on the Luna thing real quick. Um, I did connect it. I connected my Ubisoft account, and I do have uh-huh. a handful of games. Um, if you have Amazon Prime right now, if you want to try Luna and don't want to pay for it, if you have Amazon Prime, go ahead and just... Uh, it's not free, though, because you're paying for Amazon no, Prime. No, I, I know <laughs> I said if you, but if you don't want to, But if you don't want to pay for a tier on Luna, as opposed yeah. to, like, GeForce Now, just log into your Amazon Prime, log into Luna, it'll connect it. They have a handful of things. Like, I actually played the game Dusk. Have you ever played that? Dusk? That was the retro shooter. Yeah, it's only on PC and Switch, of all things. Um, yep. But... Yeah, it plays really nice. Like I said, I think we're going to hear more about Amazon's gaming stuff, in fact, on this list, which we'll get into. But uh, let's go to the Game Awards real quick. Uh, I did not watch because I don't care. Yeah, um, well, I mean, people are always very vocal about whether or not they care and whether or not how they feel about it and so on and so forth. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'll be able to check out the trailers the following day. And well, I did, and it was great. Uh, games that showed up at the Game Awards, one cool stuff. Game mm-hmm. of the Year, Elden Ring, not surprising. Best Game Direction, Elden Ring, not surprising. Best narrative, God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, a, it's a dad game. You've probably played a dad game if you've played video games. Let us see how it goes. Um, I was disappointed that Immortality did not win Best Narrative. That is a solid game. It's on Game Pass. 
Uh, I don't know if you've played it, Nathan Evans, but if you have a few hours this evening, I would recommend it very strongly. Very, very good game. Yeah. Um, best art direction, Elden Ring, not surprising. Uh, the other options being uh, Scorn, Stray. I don't know about Scorn, really. Scorn winning anything. Ooh. <laughs> um, best music, uh, God of War Ragnarok yet again. Uh, I am a little shocked that Metal Hellsinger didn't win. Um, but that's well, a good game. Here, here's the thing. We can go out this all day. It's mostly God of War. One yeah, I didn't realize. Think, never mind. I was going to read all the categories. I didn't realize this was like thirty pages of categories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, never mind. Well, the problem is, it's a. Here's the thing, and I just want to. Here's why I don't really care about the game awards too much. Although it is the least embarrassing of them all. Can I say that? It's not like mm-hmm. the Spike TV Game Awards brought to you by like Body X. Remember but, when they tried to bring back G Four and they had to yeah. cancel it? That was great. You know. You know what? Let's let's like let's like trying to like bring back Esperanto. Like you know it's yeah. not going to work. But I was going to say it's um. The video game industry, like if you're reading website stuff, it's so dominated by bias for certain consoles or certain platforms. And the Game Awards is called from those people. It like it, it relies heavily on them. So you're, it's going to have it's going to overly it's going to overly favor Sony products in a way that is is a little overwhelming. And hey, you so, know, I'm looking over here. IGN gave High on Life an eight. That's I, I have a lot more respect for them now. I'm still gonna hate them for that for the God Hand thing from back in the day, but it's just like I said. It's you have to look at the Game Awards. You have to look at all video game awards like you do the Oscars. Like forget who actually wins because no one's actually winning. It's all it's all uh, democracy. It's just people voting. But l- come for the trailers. Because you're going to see a lot yeah, of cool trailers. The trailers, the so. trailers for a lot of exciting games you might not have thought would exist. For instance, they made a sequel to Hades. Hades 2 is a thing. Which is weird because that company's not known for sequels. They've, they have never done that before as far as I recall. Yeah, but you know who didn't used to do that, but that's all they do now? I got two examples. Treasure. Remember Treasure? Indeed, Treasure. Yeah, they, they made a game based on Ronald McDonald, and it was great. They did, I recall. And then Pixar. And then Pixar started doing sequels, and they never left. So, I mean, anything could happen. So Anything could happen. They also made a sequel to Remnant from the Ashes, a yeah. very popular cross between a Souls-type game and a third-person shooter. I'm excited to play that. There's a lot of stuff you can look at. We can't go into all of it. Yeah. Uh, things we can go into are the rest of the list, uh, things on this list. Uh, Amazon Games going to publish the next Tomb Raider. And they're also gonna just, uh, they also just announced a God of War live-action series. At Amazon. Oh, man, that's never, that's never been bad before, a live-action TV <laughs> series based on a video game. I think... Uh, speaking gonna... of which... Yeah. Speaking of which, funny story, a Death Stranding film is in the works. And so is a sequel. And, and <laughs> it's it's hilarious. You go everywhere. They're like, ha, it was already a movie. Ha, original. Um, it kind of kind of was. It's it really good, was. though. It, yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> um, game well, was good, though. You should play it. But you got Kojima, though. Kojima is really, really, really... Hideo Kojima is really, really buddying up with all the Hollywood people lately. Yep. Like, like he's out there with everybody. And so... Um, and, you know, it, it's been... It's never been in question that video games just really, really want to be movies. Like, they want to have the same legitimacy as cinema. Well, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this before. Like, you have all this stuff, like, Need for Speed. Like, I mentioned that before. And, of course, you have the big Megaton. I think the one coming next year, the Super Mario Brothers movie, is going to be a bellwether test. Because yeah. I think I think if that one hits, like there's never been a video game movie that's made over four hundred million dollars. Like there's never been a, a huge one, right? Never, not even yeah. Sonic. Like even the new Sonic movie that came out this year didn't do as well as the old one. Like, but if Super Mario can meet that threshold, then that changes the dynamics in Hollywood. Like I hate to say it, I hate to say it. It makes me sick saying it. It could be the thing that topples Mar- uh, comic book movies because they've they've been on top for so long. And there's just what there's thousands of gaming games out there that could that would actually make entertaining films. But absolutely, tons and tons. We may, you know, if they decide to do it, they should. In fact, uh, most recently, Cyberpunk 2077 had a fantastic anime series. Everybody should watch it. It's called Edge Runners. Very well, good it's, stuff. Uh, it's kind of why the even. Yep, yeah, that's true. It proves that even you know even iffy games can become pretty good if you adapt them right. So yeah, check that out sometime. Well. But I was going to say real quick, uh, I was going to say my, my last thought on the whole Amazon thing, because I, I don't want to turn this into an Amazon thing. I think Amazon's planning something when it comes to gaming that they haven't really been big on announcing, but I think they're starting to coalesce. I think Amazon's going to bet big on this whole streaming thing with Luna, and I think they're going to try to edge their way into it. Sort of like if you, like you said, you have Amazon Prime, right? Like yep. you wake up one day, hey, if you have Amazon Prime, you got Grubhub Plus. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't want it, but you got it. Like, if you have Amazon Prime and you're not paying any extra for it and suddenly you have access to Luna and all these games start streaming in, then chances are you're going to try it. And I think... Hey, look, just, just remember, it is technically not free. 
No, it's technically not free. Um, but like I said, it's it, as much as I don't really like streaming too much, Corey, I would rather try a game on streaming than just watch like a linear trailer. I would like. Yeah. I would like. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, I like get that. a chance to get some hands-on with it. Speaking of hands-on, uh, we got one final bit that you were. We do, get and this is this is interesting. I'm not even sure how the hell this is supposed to work. <laughs> uh, if you happen to have a Tesla Model X or S, which, given gas prices last year, maybe you do these days, uh, you can now play Steam games on it. Yeah, I mean they've been. I mean Musk and all those people have been slowly like. Speaking of Musk, I'm not getting into his controversy, but he was a big Elden Ring fan. Like he was, uh, like, you can you can play Steam games in your car while, while you're car driving. It's stopped. Well, I'll tell you. Well, no, not while you're driving. Really? Specifically, no. You, they specifically disabled that. So this is probably the least. Yeah, this may be the the least useful way to play Steam on anything. You can literally only play it in your very expensive car while you're not driving it. Okay. That's the news, folks. You know, if it doesn't work out, I can I can guess why. Uh, but either way, I think that's a, that's a lot for December. In fact, I think that's a lot for the year. I think that's a good wrap-up. But that's not all we have for the year, is it? Because we're going to be doing, sooner or later, one uh, of our uh, oh, big yeah. ones of 2022 podcasts. I'm already in the business. Uh, we already have some people lined up. Oh, I can talk to you about that later. We can get it all settled. Uh, should yep. be should be a lot of fun. And with that, I want to thank everybody for listening for... For all of 2022, you made this particular podcast our most successful one ever. For, uh, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, this has been Nathan Evans, managing editor of Popsara.com. And I'll let you introduce, uh, extra, extra do, what's the opposite of? What's extricate. The op- I'm going gonna, gonna to extricate myself like I extricate things from my bowels in the morning. Uh, this has been Corey G-Man Gallagher. <laughs> and uh, I uh, was your incredibly charismatic co-host. So uh, thank you for watching The State of Gaming. And hey, we watching? will see you, you know on the next level. Watching? You know something we don't? I you Don't don't you sit and stare at the screen when you listen to a podcast? I do. I, I get my faxes in the mail. So, yeah, there you go. And anyway, you've been listening to State of Gaming Podcast from Popstar.com. If you like what you hear, then give us a like. Share us out. We'll do all that good stuff. No DLC and no transactions are required because this is totally gratis. And everybody have a very happy, very safe holiday. We'll see everybody on the next episode. And that's it. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pop Zara Podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or service.